The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. I started to question myself if I was launching Lucha Underground and I had accidentally flipped over to Cinemax. Not a whole lot of faces shown as far when it comes to Brenda, so. <laughs> yeah. You're you're spot on there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> this is the house that AJ Styles built. Uh, you know, like Nakamura, he's just such a great star. It doesn't matter what you do with him, people are going to cheer for him. Did you feel the gloriousness? Did you feel it? Bobby Roode did his job this is insane how great they are well i think the authors of pain are young prodigies that's how good we are representing bullet club this is what we do for years women have been doing this you know living on this on this kind of dream uh, I kept saying it's it's like riding the rainbow they're riding the rainbow that the guys are riding on except the guys have a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow and for the women there was no pot of gold they were just doing it because they loved it and when you started to to dig into it there were these women all over the globe that were sacrificing and doing everything that the guys were doing you know just to live that dream and it's awesome now to be able to say to those women that the opportunity has expanded and become global and has become something more and I, I think about the few women that did it in the past and how they inspired all of these women to do it today um, I can only imagine what the future is going to be like because I, I saw 32 women that I think will inspire millions um, you know over the last few days and and uh, to me that just makes the future very bright Ladies and gentlemen, wrestling to the back. And your host, Gary Vaughn, Sean Garmer, and Paul Leeser. Welcome all for Wrestling to the Max, episode 264, part one. And of course, we are brought to you by W2Mnet.com, the place where you go find all your great wrestling needs, plus a lot more like sports. Of course, you know, also video games, along with a lot of other great stuff in the world of entertainment. So trust me, go check out that website. Plus, I want to give a big, huge shout-out to FormulaMania.com, as well as Last Word on ProWrestling.com. Thank you there for support. They, you know, both are so awesome. Make sure you go check out those sites as well. If you want to come find out all the content that we have to offer, make sure you go search out Wrestling to the Max wherever you get your podcast. Maybe you go to YouTube and get them. Or you go over to Apple Podcasts or any other place. Go check us out there. Subscribe, rate, and review today. And, uh, you know, also make sure you go check out the other great content like our review shows. Me, you know, uh, we do Raw, we do SmackDown Live, 205 Live, and as well as NXT. We don't want you to miss a minute of the action. I am your host, Gary Vaughn, and along with me is Mr. Paul Leeser. Heyo. 
And, of course, you know, Paul, uh, we've got a great show in store for everybody. We are going to be talking Ring of Honor along with a lot of different various topics and quick hits. Trust me, it's all over the board in quick hits this week, but mm-hmm. I'm excited because I mean, there's so many cool stuff that, you know, we can get into and kind of maybe a little bit controversial as well. And that always adds a lot of flair to our news topics. So I'm really excited about that. And I wanted to add something here that we don't usually do on this show, and that is talk a little May Young Classic. And, and, and for us to do that, though, we're going to have to say that to the very end of the show. And the reason I want to do that is because there's probably a few of you out there that maybe have not watched the whole thing yet, or maybe you're just a couple episodes behind, or maybe you haven't even seen it yet. And you're like, I'm going to wait and binge it next week or something like that. We're not going to spoil it for you. I don't want you to worry. We're going to say that to the very end of this show. We'll even sign off and all that good stuff before we let you kind of get a peek into what we think about this whole thing. Because we want you guys to be able to watch it fresh and not be spoiled. So just a kind of a warning. Don't worry. We're not going to spoil anything for you if you haven't watched it. And if you have, hey, you can come check us out at the very end and you can hear us talk a little bit about it. And get excited about what that live show is going to be like. And uh, we'll talk about maybe who we predict to win and all that stuff on the final episode of the Mae Young Classic. So there you go. A lot of cool stuff we're doing tonight, Paul. I am super excited. I, I hope you are, too. Um, the one thing we do want to mention really quick is notice I didn't know, you know, name Sean Garmer on the show tonight. He, of, of course, is like many other people in the state of Florida who are being affected by Hurricane Ir- uh, Irma. Right. Or I'm, I don't even know what it's named anymore. I think it's Irma. I believe it is still Irma. <laughs> I've heard it. I've heard it a hundred thousand times. And every time, for some reason, I want to call it I'm. I know last week I called it I'm on the show and you correctly called it Irma. Uh, I just think I've heard it so much. My brain is fried. But uh, my sister is one of those people affected by this hurricane. There's lots of other people that you know are out there who are dealing with this and trying to get back to their normal lives after this whole fallout. And I just, you know, want to make sure we let everybody know, you know, our wishes, hopes, and prayers are with you all right now as you overcome all this stuff. People in South Texas over Hurricane Harvey are still dealing with the uh, fallout and everything from that. So our country's dealing with a lot here and a lot of the natural disaster stuff. And, of course, I don't want to forget, and I think I tend to, my wife reminds me all the time, and it's my fault because I'm so attached to these hurricanes because they affect a lot of people I know. Uh, but I'm not really, you know, in the know of a lot of stuff going on on the northwest of this country. But in Oregon and California, and I think it's uh, Wyoming, or I know a lot of places up there. I'm, I'm got my geography all screwed up probably. But I know, nonetheless, there's lots of forest fires and things that are happening up there, and people are getting to experience that disaster. And, and I hope those people are also getting wishes, hopes, and prayers to them as well because that's a big deal, and that's something that's very, very serious. So I don't want to forget about you guys. I'm so sorry that I don't mention a lot. It's just, you know, we've got, you know, a lot of people, mine and Paul's friend, fan, friends and family down there in South Texas and, of course, in Florida. We've got some close connections too so I, I know paul this is a big deal but it seems like everywhere it's going down man I, i'm just thank god that we're not in that mix right now <laughs> all right i'm glad we live inland is sort of where i'm at right now uh <laughs> at least florida was much more prepared for what was coming than uh, than houston was uh since you know th- they're used to floods and all that being so close to the oceans and everything like that there's still another hurricane out there brewing so 
Oof. It's it's just one thing after another here stateside. It's it's not uh, not a great time. Although I hear people in Florida are doing much better than Houston as far as all that goes so far. So that's good. Like that's not, really good. Not a lot of dying, fortunately, like there was in Houston. <laughs> yeah, you know, and you know, it, this whole thing is bad news. But you're right. I mean, there is some bright things coming out of the Florida side, and I, I'm really happy. Like my, I said, my sister is doing fine. Their home is. All, all well uh, compared to what damage you saw in you know Houston and places like mm-hmm. that, and uh, we have heard from Sean uh, just to kind of up peep, de- ah, I can't even talk update people on Sean. Now Sean was in Miami and he took shelter and they had some leakage and things like that, but luckily he is okay. They're just without power right now, mm-hmm. and that's a big big problem in Florida. And so he's not going to be with us tonight, and he won't be on the shows tomorrow because he's dealing with that. He he's got to get his family in the right situation to be back on the shows, and he needs to take all the time he can to do that. And I trust me, don't want to be in his shoes. I, I feel for the guy. He's had to deal with a lot, but man, he's doing it. He's trucking through it, and I'm really happy that he's okay and his family's okay. And of course, my uh, co-host on the Football to the uh, Max show, Eric, as well, is dealing with some of this stuff, and he's luckily coming out of this pretty unscathed as well. So I, I'm just happy all this is going down in the right direction now that we've had to go through all this mess. And boy, so there you go, guys. Enough about the Weather Channel. I just wanted to throw those things out there to kind of update you on Sean and some of the other situations we've talked about. Uh, but I mean, at least. Paul and I are, are happy to be inland, and we're also happy both of our football teams won this weekend. So, good start to our football season. You know, I'm really happy about that. So, I, I don't know about you, Paul, but I am very excited. <laughs> Yours uh, was a bit more dominant in its winning than my was, but uh, <laughs> uh, it was a solid stand all the way up to that fourth quarter, and then here comes San Diego, and then uh, icing the kicker, and then a big block to, to put it away. I felt good. Uh, just, I thought Simeon looked great too. Uh, and Dak was impressive as the game went on, even though he didn't start out so terrifically. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I agree with all that. I mean, uh, it was a crazy weekend for a lot of these other football teams, but at least our teams were able to, to pull it out and, and, you know, we'll have to see, uh, how we feel next week because our teams are facing each other, man. Uh, <laughs> we'll be rooting against each other. I almost wanted to cut a promo here, but I'm not going to because my wife would Tell me how corny I am. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I decided against my inner wife. Like she's in my head now, right? And she tells me what things are bad ideas. And I think all the listeners would be like, "Nope, don't do it. Don't do so, it." So <laughs> I am not cutting a promo, and I'm sure you will not. Hopefully, do one on me because uh, I feel like I would be the Roman Reigns in this situation anyway. So, <laughs> so I highly doubt that. I don't think I'd be very good at the promo stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go we'll leave it to the professionals how yeah. about that uh but anyway paul well uh, enough about all the other stuff besides wrestling i think it's time to talk wrestling so let's jump into some of our quick hits we have this week let's go ahead and do it now it's time for wrestling news quick hits. take it away gary 
All right, guys. Well, we are going to talk a little bit about something that I found quite interesting by reading the internet this afternoon uh, because I wanted to see a few things going on in the wrestling world. And one of those is the piece of news that we kind of talked about quite a bit on this show, uh, but yet we haven't talked about it actually in a little while. So I wanted to kind of update everyone. Billy Corrigan. Right. I mean, this is the guy that, you know, left TNA, of course, and wanted to own his own promotion. And we heard a while back that he was going to purchase the NWA. That's right. The National Wrestling Alliance. And he actually has purchased it, as we kind of mentioned way back when. But no news has come out until recently. And the reason is, is because really they're playing the waiting game and Billy Corrigan wants to wait for all the licensing that has been agreed on between the NWA and some of these other companies to expire. <laughs> that way, Billy Corrigan can basically start anew, do things the way he wants to do them and not worry about some of these old contracts and old agreements. He can just kind of do his own thing and, uh, which I think is a smart thing and a great business decision. He's going to be going on tour pretty soon, so I don't know how this is going to affect. But what we're expecting is in October, all this other stuff will be done. He can take over full-fledged and begin his journey with the NWA. I mean, Paul, I know this is not a big topic for us because this is still playing the waiting game. Mm-hmm. But I'm just curious, a- after hearing this news, how do you feel about this? And does it at least kind of show you that Billy Corrigan is, you know, wanting to stick around and not just saying, oh, I'm just done? Uh, The interesting thing about this to me um, was how long he was waiting, uh, which I think we've talked about before. And and I know we've mentioned the uh, waiting for the licenses to run their course, essentially, which was, uh, you're correct, October. The thing that I'm most interested in is has he been using the time – in the build-up to this wisely? Has he been looking at talent? Does he have a plan going forward? What exactly does he want to do? And and I really hope he has all that in a row come October, just because it would be real nice for him to just hit the ground running and start throwing out news and what's going to happen and giving interviews and all this other stuff. I'm also curious if he's going to retain the same champions uh, that are currently holding NWA championships or if he's going to vacate him or how this is really all going to go down. Cause I, I, um, I know every time we seem to talk about a new promotion gaining steam, I'm always super, you know, optimistic that it's going to go well. Like I know I was like this with global force wrestling and all that, but I'm interested to see what it does. I, anytime somebody can come in and instantly make another competitor to, you know, the top of the food chain in the wrestling world, it's always, a, it's always a time to, to see what they're about. And, I, I didn't hate all of Billy Corgan's ideas in TNA. I'm willing to see what, what he does here, too. I, I agree. And, you know, the one thing that I like about Billy Corgan is he's got a hand in the mainstream, right? I mean, he can get some of the crowds and people that really sometimes the world of wrestling can't reach because, really, they're in their own world. They're kind of to the side sometimes, and they're not able to kind of go out there unless they're WB and touch celebrities touch some of the you know uh, mainstream social media places that really the world of wrestling doesn't even venture into. Mm-hmm. And so I think that this is a good deal because he can bring guys that would normally watch wrestling in and maybe even have some things that we like, which I love this when TNA was doing it. He was able to bring some more mainstream music in, like, you know, you heard Marilyn Manson. You know, of course, you heard his own music and mm-hmm. – 
I think you're going to get way more of that once he is in charge completely of NWA and you'll have entrance themes and people coming in and you'll get a lot more of that really quality content musically. You'll get a lot of great visual stuff because, you know, when you're in a band, that's part of being, you know, showy and flashy and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, the NWA's there. I think he's going to work in that some times I, I don't think you know it's going to be all the time of course because you know that's quite expensive mm-hmm. to haul around to different places but what i do know is he's got a lot of resources behind him saying all that and i think it'll bring some eyes quicker than it would be just some old joe schmo starting up a promotion or buying a promotion i think it's going to need to be that way because nwa also has been basically dead Mm-hmm. <laughs> and really, they're not really getting any momentum right now, and they won't until Billy Corgan builds it. So I think it's it's great that he's going to finally have this opportunity. Has he been doing all the things you just said? I don't know. I, I, I hope he has. Hopefully he's been working storylines, uh, getting guys on board and going ahead and saying, hey, are you going to sign on? Are you going to be a part of this promotion? And and have it ready because they really need to hit the hit the ground running mm-hmm. if they want this thing to go the right way. It, it's something that I think is important for him uh, if he wants any success in the near future. Unless he really is playing the waiting game and he's willing to go years down the line to yeah. get the thing. Yeah, I mean for sure. I just like I said, ducks in a row, talent signed on. That's what he really needs to worry about. Stories and all that can can sort of come later if you ask me, but. He needs names, he needs talent, and I think he needs a, a solid plan. Uh, because, like you said, the NWA, the name doesn't mean a whole lot anymore. And it's a, it's a long climb, as uh, Impact has learned, to get your name to matter, and then how quickly it can just be thrown to, to shreds, essentially. Yeah, uh, for sure. And, and then, once again, that's why I want him to start out... To- I guess I don't want to say hot, but hit the ground running because I think once he does take over, he is going to have eyes on it immediately. And I think that's where I'm kind of coming from the storylines. He doesn't need to come in and just say, hey, here's a bunch of guys in the ring. Here's a bunch of six-man tags. Here's a bunch of guys just single. I mean, he's got to have some stuff to really grab people immediately. Right. So um, I want to talk about Paul Heyman really quickly here because he's a guy that you know we talk about week in and week out on Raw, but we really don't, don't know much about what's going on with him besides being the guy that kind of leads Brock Lesnar around as his advocate. Well, what we're hearing about Paul Heyman backstage isn't really all that positive, honestly. And it's not because, you know, Paul Heyman's a jerk and is, you know, not flushing the toilet or, you know, he's... Uh, <laughs> You know, hitting on all the ladies. It's not that kind of stuff. Really, it kind of boils down to Paul Heyman's being Paul Heyman behind the scenes. And we've always known that Vince McMahon himself is not a fan of that. And a lot of people in creative right now are not a fan of Paul Heyman being Paul Heyman uh, because he's very pushy about the way he wants things to go. And nonetheless, in WWE, he has a lot of say where him and Brock Lesnar go when storyline and creative. And that causes a lot of problems with people who kind of have an idea of what they want to do with the storyline. And Paul Heyman's always changing it to kind of fit what he wants to fit, not really the, what they have planned down the line. And I could see that. I could see that being a problem with a lot of people. But nonetheless, he's got this uh, kind of, I, I guess, situation where with Brock Lesnar 
he can't really be getting they can't really get rid of him right they can't just throw him out the door because he is tied to brock lesnar pretty tightly so this is going down paul and this is nothing new um i'm not really surprised to hear this news but it just makes you wonder what are they really showing us on tv is a lot of this Paul Heyman? Is some of this a 50-50? Or, or what are we actually getting? Because if he really is kind of changing things up behind the scenes. You know, I, I think it's just more along the lines of Heyman and Lesnar know they have a pretty cheery gig. I think they know how much value they bring to the WWE. And they're sort of just... They're not worried about stepping on eggshells, tiptoeing around, or being you know, company guys, because they don't have to be, right? They're they're part-time, they they come in, they make the money, they go and do other things, and, I, I mean, who really needs to worry about that whenever you have all these side gigs making tons of money, and you're sort of just here, not as a favor, right? I mean, I'm sure the money's still good, but it's not like you need the job, right? It's like somebody who works full-time at one place, and that's their main job, and then you have you know, a side job or something like that where you work on weekends where you just sort of, you just relax and you be yourself. And if you lose the job, it it might suck a little bit, but it's not like it's a giant, you know, pain in the ass if you do lose it. You got all this other money you're you're bringing in elsewhere. I'm sure it's just, we can be free and easy. You guys do what you want. And we're going to sit over here and do our thing. And if you don't like it, screw you. Because that's a very Paul Heyman attitude. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love Paul Heyman's stories because usually it involves him kind of being a jerk, but Mm -hmm. it's because he can. And honestly, he's still a good guy. It's just the fact he just ruffles feathers. And I can see that, right? I mean, I think that if you work with Paul Heyman, you know, you would kind of get the gist of the guy's super intelligent. He offers a lot, but yet if it's not what he likes – even though you know he's the tenth person in the room, and the nine other people decided they want pizza for lunch, he's the one jerk going to make it change to sandwiches. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you know, everybody ends up having to go along with what he wants because, well, he'll sit there and cry about it for forty-five minutes. So you just go ahead and let him have his sandwiches. <laughs> and uh, I mean, at the end of the day, you're right; these guys have a lot of clout because of who they are. Brock Lesnar brings lots of eyes to the WWE. He's a big deal, and not just the WWE, but UFC, and uh, basically, you know, just the sports world in general because of his past and who he is. So it's really hard for them just to say we don't need him because they may not need him really full fledged, but they kind of do need him, uh, and he does really help them. So I think that you know this is the kind of the situation you find yourself in and really there's not much you can do about it you know i I know it's a cushy situation like you said for both brock and paul both those guys i mean have so much money so many other things that they're in working with and you know honestly don't know need wv in general so it's going to be kind of fun to see how long that this can last and if they ever do get tired of it. But I, I don't really think it's going to change overnight. I think this is going to be something that they're just going to have to live with. And it is what it is. You know, before you know it, I, like I would be, if I was in the meetings with the creative, I'd be like, look, guys, he's got another month. You know, he's going to go take his break, hang out in Canada for another four months. Well, deal with it for that. Let's deal with it now. We'll take our break. <laughs> right? So, and of course, Paul Heyman will fly off to wherever he goes, New York, whatever. So, right. 
but yeah, I mean, I, I just like once again, I just had to throw that out there. That little piece of news to me was very, very interesting. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we've got some other stuff going on, and, and you just think that Paul Heyman lots, you know, has a lot of heat behind the scenes. There's another guy out there that has a lot of heat, you know, from what we're hearing too. And of course, once again, it is Enzo Amore, and I don't know that this brings out more heat backstage, but it very much could. And that is because we have heard that you know, Liv Morgan is not really honestly happy with him herself these two were dating and she tweeted out that they are no longer together that he cheated on her and she is single now uh so this is something else that possibly could be getting some more heat on enzo amore and for all the wrong reasons this guy just continues to stay in the news um but it also makes you wonder man what's this guy thinking i mean i it just it amazes me man mm-hmm uh, she doesn't directly call him out on the tweet, by the way. She simply implies it, um, and a lot of people have just sort of extrapolated that Enzo was cheating on her. So, nothing definite there, but it, it, I think it's pretty safe to say that he did. I, I'm just, like, how much more unlikable does this guy have to be? Like, you hear bad stuff about him in the locker room, you hear, like, stuff like this. Um, Kaz, uh, our big cast on a podcast that he did said that Enzo is Enzo both in and out of the ring. Like, this is just who he is. And I, for somebody who seems so likable and personable on TV to sort of, I don't know, having all this news come out about him, plus what you're getting in the ring from him, plus some substandard promos that uh, are flying around now from him, it's just... How much more unlikable can this guy get? What is it going to take to get this guy off our TVs at this point? I, I'm as some I, I used to like him a lot, and now he's he's just slowly waning away into I don't care, into I don't want you on my TV anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny to say, but it's so true. Mm-hmm. You know, Paul, I kind of look at Enzo Mori as a guy that won the lottery. Mm-hmm. He won the lottery, okay, and he's all excited about it. And he, he he goes from being just that little guy on the street that people kind of goof around and kind of laugh at. You know, he's a nice guy and all, but don't take him very serious. He wins the lottery. He's flashing his money around town. He's dating all these girls because, well, they love his money. And he's bragging about everything, talking about his bank account, talking about the brand new cars, the new house, and all this other stuff that he's got going. And you see that money dwindling, mm-hmm. and you see people starting to say, huh, okay, I liked you for a minute, but now you're annoying, and honestly, you don't have as much as you used to, so now I can kind of get you out of you know my presence. I can kind of say, shoo, shoo, get out of my face, fly. You know, and that's the way it's kind of working with Enzo, I think with fans, I think with a lot of the talent backstage. He's just, you know, losing everything that once was lovable about this guy. And I I feel bad for him to an extent. I really do because I can understand or I can not understand, but I can empathize, I should say. Empathize with a guy that really you kind of see him as being a guy that cares, but he can't help himself. Like, it's almost like he's so insecure that he's willing to be an idiot just to get the attention and to get get something <laughs> at least to care about, right? And, and he's just not there. I, mm-hmm. I think he's completely lost his mind because 
you've got so much stuff at your fingertips right now, Enzo. I don't get it. I mean, you, uh, you're dating uh, Liv Morgan. You're in a high-profile position, really, because I consider any talent on Monday Night Raw that gets as much airtime as he does is a guy that's got something going for him. <laughs> you're not, you know, sitting backstage and you know working the dark matches. You're doing okay for yourself. You're finding your way out of that very quickly. You, you've already lost Liv Morgan. You're about to lose your time with Raw, and you're going to lose 205 Live if you're not careful, too. So, uh, I, I, it just bugs me, Paul. I feel bad for the guy, but yet here we are now, and we're, we've got something else we can mark on the board of why we should not like him. Right. So, hey, but at least the good news for you, Paul, is Liv Morgan's available. I mean, you know, there, there's a bright side to every bad news, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> Well, I mean, there's a couple of veterans that are dealing with some maybe bad news. The good thing is that they're getting these things taken care of. We got Big Show. Uh, he, you know, he's about to have hip surgery pretty soon here. Uh, and we also got Mick Foley, who just came out of successful knee surgery. So these guys are, you know, older guys. And, and I'm hoping Big Show, you know, gets through the hip surgery okay. But... It just you know, this is something that we see some of these veterans have to do over time, right? They have to get their bodies fixed back from where all those years of destroying their body kind of did to them. Yeah, this is the interesting thing about uh, this is we we know Mick uh, had hip surgery earlier this year, and now he's got uh, the, his knee surgery was a knee replacement. So um, basically, he's becoming the bionic man. And I approve of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, my problem is, uh, Mick Foley, just to let you know, Steve Austin's already trademarked. Uh, uh, yeah, true. sorry. So, for, for two guys, I think. <laughs> uh, actually, it was Steve Williams, right? Steve Williams was the man. No, it was Steve? I can't remember. Steve Austin was the Million Dollar Man, right? Steve Austin was the Million Dollar Man. Yes. Okay, I was making sure that right, because I, I got a little bit wait a minute, Steve Williams was Austin's first? No, I got to <laughs> uh, no, I was just making sure I had that right. See, I actually never was a fan of the Million Dollar Man. I, I know of him. Never really watched the show, though, so I don't know. That's why I'm kind of a little confused. Uh, here, here's somebody else that may be a little confused, but not really acting like it. Uh, actually acting pretty confident at the time, and that is Ed Norholm. This guy is, uh, of course, you know, the president of GFW, and he's got a lot of stuff on his plate right now. Of course, he's getting that little network going for GFW. Really excited about that. Seven ninety nine a month. You know, they're going to have like eight hundred to nine hundred hours of programming for people. They'll be airing, of course, all the impacts on there. Uh, if you're a free subscriber, that means you'll get those impacts 10 days after they aired. And, of course, if you are a subscriber that pays, you get an impact and, of course, a lot of other content from the past. And, you know, this guy is doing a lot right now to try to get that stuff going uh, and, of course, dealing with the situation with Jeff Jarrett taking a hiatus and all that stuff. Uh, but he recently got interviewed and was trying to, you know, kind of explain to people all these different plans that they have. And one of the bigger things that I want to kind of mention, though, out of this whole conversation that he had with, uh, I think it was Wrestling Observer, I believe, uh, the whole conversation that went down was the fact that he was kind of addressing these rumors of Anthem trying to look for a buyer for Impact, for Global Force Wrestling. 
And they kind of uh, let us think that for a little while, but now Ed Norholm comes out and says, no, 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 we've invested too much money. We're into this. We want to see this product grow. So we get the rumors and we get what he says. Who knows what's true? Mm-hmm. But Paul, I mean, I, I you know I watch so many sports. I watch a lot of the athletes and the owners of teams and the coaches come out and use this kind of speech. You guys are all idiots. Don't believe what you see or read. And, and then you find out two days later what they said was a lie and what you read and saw was the truth. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's the same going on with Global Force Wrestling. Or do you think Ed Norholm is really being honest and saying, no, we're, we're, we're still going. Look, we've got this network coming up. We are not looking for a buyer. How do you feel about this whole thing about him denying all the rumors? It's it's interesting, right? Uh, and obviously, this could just be simple business talk of not one to show your hand, blah blah blah, like you were just talking about, like you see in sports all the time, or like how you see uh, WWE likes to do this too, where they'll say something and clearly they're going somewhere else. Um, this one's a little bit harder to tell, right? Because they are so invested that I mean, as much as you hear about the folks at Anthem really wanting to get this thing to turn around and uh, make a serious go out of all this. Uh, you know, they are very much invested, like I just said. But, I, I mean, it's a two-way street, right? Like, they could very much be this invested in it and want to turn it around and see if they can make money on it. So they might be willing to let this go on for another couple of years. Or they might be on the other end and being like, well, you know, we're this deep and we're not getting anything and we don't see any light at the end of the tunnel and it might just be best to pull out now. Uh, you know, without really being in the trenches, it's it's hard to tell. But I would like to think that they're willing to stick around after they made a big hubbub about not wanting Impact to go away because it's a huge ratings grabber for them on uh, on their TV channels, and they they want to keep it. So I, I'm going to choose to believe that he's being sincere. Although the stuff with Jeff Jarrett does have me very concerned that this is just business speak, as it were. You know. It probably is business speak, and I think some of it's true, just like in business speak. But I think a lot of this has to do with their obstacle of keeping their image up, right? Mm -hmm. And there's been a lot of trash thrown their way, especially last week. We were talking about all that trash. And who knows what's true, who knows what's false, but what we do know is a lot of that rumor was negative. And they've got to try to continue to be positive. And they're trying to really honestly sell us on something that really they have not proven yet. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's a big deal. And I think it's a problem for them, but yet they're trying to make sure that they keep something positive and you know a lot of their talent happy and uh, of course make some waves out there to make people believe that hey we're doing okay we want to do things to get better bigger and stronger you just got to wait with us and come check us out so uh, i think a lot of this is good you know in business in general too paul Mm -hmm. you do find that as a company grows and as a company works together to make something special of the company, they're also out there looking around for someone to buy it. Right. It happens a lot. I mean, and I think what they are doing here is they're going to continue to try to make this company as expensive as they can. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just like a, an athlete who, uh, you know, goes out there and plays a sport for a year with a certain amount of money because they want to gain the, you know, the knowledge of that year, but they also want to make themselves uh, a big 
I guess I should say, a big light to everybody else. That way they say, oh, my God, this guy is amazing. We're going to go and buy him. We're going to pay that big contract if his team won't. And I think that's what's coming out of here is they're trying to make GFW something good, something special, and make it a worthwhile company. And if they're ever interested and they make it worthwhile for people to come check out and purchase – good for them and if they don't if they want to hold on to it good for them they're doing something good so mm-hmm. I, I think ed norholm is coming out and saying this for image and i think it's also the truth but i think also let's be honest i don't think everything's peachy creamy backstage i don't see that i think there is some bleeding going on here when it comes to money mm-hmm. i think there's also a lot of issues with keeping everybody happy and talent and relations and all that stuff so we'll see uh, we're going to continue to follow and norholm but paul i mean i i think you're right onto something that uh they're going to do their best and i think that they'll be you know hopefully giving us something good when it comes out of this network i, I don't know if i'll be purchasing purchasing it or not but i think it's a, a worthwhile experience for them to do I agree with you on that. I'm interested in content. Uh, there has been talk of them uh, wanting to stream their their uh, the other companies they've been working with across that, which could be huge for Noah as well as uh, AAA and, and really anybody else they decide to bring in on this. But uh, I don't know. I like I'm interested in more in the broad sense of who they could bring in rather than their own product, and that's definitely. Not the intent behind this, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. And we'll talk about some of the promotions that they already work with um, a little bit later in, in Quick Hits. But, yeah, I mean, I think you're right on that. I mean, I, I think, you know, again, Edward Holman said it himself. He says, really, we are trying to bring in people. This is not an impact only mm-hmm. network. We mm-hmm. want to make sure that we are more than that. And it's smart business sense there if he does that. Absolutely. I wonder if this is going to happen, and I sure hope it does, but uh, apparently Lucha Underground Season 4 may have been greenlit by the LRA Network. Now, we're not positive on this, but there has been some word out there that that could be the case. The issue that Lucha Underground is having at the moment for sure is the fact that they have no one to help fund the filming of Season Mm 4. And that's a big issue for them. I think what they expected in the past was the fact that they would be syndicated down the line. They've already surpassed 100 episodes and they really feel like that that would be a smart thing for uh, somebody to come and do. I think syndication is really honestly something that is uh, makes all the sense in the world to me for some of these other networks and you know places that maybe even are Latino based because let's be honest, a lot of Lucha Underground is Latino based, and so it interests me that that's already taken place. But right now, it's not. They're trying to get it into syndication, but until that happens. Season four may be greenlit, but it could be in limbo here, Paul. We we just don't know how this thing's going to come to fruition. Yeah, this is interesting because I don't think I've ever heard of a wrestling show wanting to get syndicated before. Uh, it's usually something you see, uh, you know, regular TV shows go for, uh, specifically sitcoms. But uh, who picks up, uh, you know, another wrestling show on syndication? Um, obviously, I mean, we've seen, uh, championship wrestling from Hollywood, obviously pick up a syndication deal with, with what they've been doing over there for years, but that took a very long time for them to build up. 
like, who do you see picking him up for syndication? I, I mean, obviously they're after local networks here is what I'm assuming is the syndication for, but I... I don't need, like, how do you get people to take a chance on the show in syndication is sort of where I'm, my head scratching is at. You know, I don't, I, I think it would be something that would be really smart for a, you know, I, like I said, a Latino based network to do because I think a lot of Latino fans would love it. But not only that, you would draw people, they're not Latino to it as well, especially if, you know, people are getting excited about it. But who is going to do it? I don't think anybody does. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just the honest reality of this thing. It's because it is wrestling based. And it, even though it is just as sci-fi as the X-Files, <laughs> I don't think that anybody is going to look at it that way. I think the, the content being wrestling and the fact that you know syndication usually means, hey, we can show three or four of them in a row and not worry if we replay some of these again and again and again. And with there only being technically 100 episodes, yes, that's a lot. People would run through them pretty quickly if there's four episodes a night or six, whatever they air in blocks. So, I mean, that's the problem for me. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of networks are going to see that. They're going to look at it. And I love Lucha Underground, and I really think it deserves a shot. But I think that's the big problem. Syndication may not be in their wheelhouse, and I don't know if anybody else will look at it that way. But, I mean... I think the place we continually to talk about Netflix being one of those, which they already have Lucha Underground, mm-hmm. is the best option for them. I, I know that that may not bring the money the syndication does, but I just I don't see it personally, Paul. I, I don't mean to be ugly about it. I just don't know who would do it. I, I don't know either. That's my problem. Wrestling is already a pretty hard sell. And if WWE hadn't built up the, the reputation and relationship that they have with NBC... I don't know if they would have become the success story that they did, even though a lot of people point to WrestleMania being that for them. Uh, without that, I I don't know how far they would have gotten, you know. So uh, it it's it's very interesting. It's a situation to keep an eye on because if, if Lucha Underground does happen to not move forward anymore, all of its wrestlers become free agents, and that opens up a lot of doors for a lot of different people to show up in some interesting places like a Ring of Honor or WWE who uh, a lot of the places I've been reading won't touch any of this talent simply because they still have those contracts with Lucha Underground and they don't want to get in trouble for contract tampering or anything like that. So uh, unless you're a local network in need of some programming, I I really don't know who picks it up. I mean, unless sci-fi gets a wild burr up their buttons, like, hey, we'll pick it up. You know, I Mm -hmm. I just, I I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah, I'm right there with you, too. I think that you know that would probably be the biggest network that I think it could have some interest in it. Mm-hmm. But besides that, it's a really kind of a touchy thing. I mean, I think another place that'd be kind of weird, but be kind of interesting is a place like Chiller. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a, a kind of an obscure cable channel that has a lot of horror sci-fi stuff on it. Because, you know, well, let's be honest, there's lots of monsters and people to get their heads exploded and things like that on Lucha Underground. It could kind of fit their genre without being a full-fledged horror movie or something like that. So those are a couple places. Besides that, I think it would have to be, uh, like I said, on the Spanish channel or one of those Spanish channels that really just wanted content and, you know, basically make their fans happy 
that love you know wrestling. So, mm-hmm. which I just don't see that happening either. So, uh, but anyway, I mean, I, I, once again, I am excited about Lucha Underground. I sure hope it continues. I hope somebody uh, does decide to fund them for that season four and just get them, you know, back on El Rey. That's all mm-hmm. that matters to me. Just keep them somewhere where we can watch, you know, all those great shows. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, let's go ahead and, and talk about something else that I kind of find interesting here. We got Sammy uh, Callahan looking to go ahead and join over there and debut in New Japan uh, before the end of this uh, year. So, I mean, that looks kind of cool. I, I never really thought that they had a lot of interest. I didn't either. Uh, and this reads as trying to get another, <laughs> excuse me, another name. Uh, from the independent scene here stateside that they can use to continue to appeal to a Western audience. Uh, And that's not to say that Matt Riddle and Jeff Cobb, uh, who we talked about earlier this month, uh, very possibly being in the World Tag League come wintertime uh, as the Chosen Bros together, that that's not a play at Western audiences either. But I, I... I struggle to find a solid spot for Sammy Callahan in here. Not to say that he's not a terrific worker, uh, who I really do think could bring a lot to any promotion that he goes with. Uh, but you know, he's just, he's such a wild card. And with, I don't say he would stick out like a sore thumb. Uh, it's just, it's hard to place him there. And stranger things have happened, right? I mean, Juice Robinson is, is a strange story all of itself, but, uh, and it's not to say that Sammy couldn't work over there. I just I, I struggle to find a spot for him outside of we want you for our U.S. expansion whenever that gets started sometime next year. Yeah, I, I think you know what they're doing here, like you said, is about the U.S. audience and trying to capture their attention, and that makes sense to me. Uh, you you got to do this kind of stuff. I mean, it may not be something that makes a lot of sense for New Japan when it comes to you know their side of things you know just in japan in general Mm -hmm. but for the u.s audience for people that are already you know kind of tied to sammy callahan whether it be their fan base or just kind of following a name that he has built i think this is interesting and i kind of want to see it right i mean it's it's something that i need to see it's i can't really make a judgment until i do because trust me if i had made that judgment like you said about juice robinson Mm -hmm. i'd be completely wrong right completely wrong and so i think that sam mccallahan deserves this opportunity and i'm looking forward to see how he you know uses it Mm -hmm. as am i you know it's interesting the way that kind of things work out like talent like sam mccallahan coming from different places and and the way that now promotions are really intermixing you know this is happening more and more especially with the exposure of television the internet everything above People are trying to help each other out by, you know, kind of making these partnerships and really working together to make the best product that they can. And it's smart business, if you ask me. It's really helped out. New Japan has done an excellent job of it, working with places like Ring of Honor and just really making some super awesome shows for us. The one thing, though, that is interesting is we have New Japan blocking the crash promotion. And uh, the reason that is is they don't want their talent to go over there. And so there is a chain of events and uh, basically a lot of other things going down because of that, Paul. And why don't you kind of explain how this all works out and how it affects other promotions? Right. So New Japan has a working agreement with CMLL that's been in place for 
years. Uh, it's a very long time. It's well cultivated. It helps New Japan have a place to send talents uh, before they got involved in, in the American scene and all that, right? So uh, excursions, all that good stuff. They don't want to ruin that relationship by letting people work for The Crash, who for a very long time was a competitor with CMLL, because uh, it's basically since Conan has left AAA and The Crash has become a relatively big deal in Mexico, especially over there uh, around Tijuana, which is where Conan is obviously from, and that's his hometown and all that stuff. So um, they they run some fairly large buildings, too, uh, and they have all these stars, and it helps with Conan having all these connections in the States, who's been able to bring in stars like the Young Bucks before. And what he wanted to do was book them again, as well as Cody Rhodes. Uh, he's reached out to specific New Japan talents like Okada and uh, Kenny Omega were among the, the names that stuck out the most to me. And New Japan has blocked this because they don't want to ruin that relationship. However, CMLL has recently begun working with The Crash. They've had a couple of their top stars there recently. And CMLL has also sort of branched out and had some of their guys show up for All Japan. And that's really interesting because All Japan has very recently started working with New Japan. Because All Japan is, is trying to work its way out of a hole that it's been in for a very long time, and it's done a very great job in the last couple of years to rebuild itself into uh, something much more worthwhile than where it had been going, if you ask me. And a lot of times when promotions run into trouble, they start working with New Japan to try to get some bigger names over there. And this has been more, very apparent with All Japan's most recent show. They ran their biggest uh, show of the year recently at uh, Rigoku Sumo Hall. They had... Um, uh, God, I can't believe Satoshi Kojima on that show wrestle uh, against Suwama, and Kojima has a huge history in All Japan as well. And so the pieces has almost fallen into place to where maybe you could see New Japan work with the Crash in the future because it's all sort of starting to mold itself together uh, into this very interesting chain of events. Uh, and this is really interesting because the Crash wants to run a main event where Wave Mysterio takes on Kazuchika Okada, uh, which could be very, very cool. <laughs> yeah, it would be awesome. Man, just to think about that. Good Lord. Uh, and, and to me, I mean, once again, I mean, uh, working all these different, you know, matchups and all this kind of stuff, they just, it's possible because of these partnerships, right? And mm -hmm. getting people to just to say, look, you know, we're going to help each other out. We're going to make the best wrestling product we can because if we don't separate, we're just not getting the people behind us. We're not getting the views we would, you know, normally like to get. So <laughs> I think it's exciting to, to see this and to see, but, you know, New Japan, I think, is going to have to make some decisions based on all that and really realize that, hey, you know, things are a little bit more loose now. They're not, you know, just having these enemies and people taking sides and all that. We're sticking to one promotion. No, all these talents are hopping promotion to promotion to promotion and making things really honestly better uh, mm -hmm. because they're doing that and not just sticking with one promotion. Being exclusive is never good when it comes, you know, to being an independent wrestling promotion in general. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that. And like you said, big matchups like that, they're exciting and i want to see them now <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly and we talk of the crash maybe being on gfw's network thing maybe we would actually get to watch it <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah see and then once again a reason to want to purchase that because you know it is something that's unique and it's special and 
honestly, you're going to get some things you would never see on the WWE Network or any other place. So mm-hmm. that's what I'm excited about. So let's continue to follow this. I mean, because I think it's really, really great to to hear these places are working together. And if New Japan is doing some of these other things, really positive, awesome. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, talk about something else. Let's talk a little progress wrestling. Uh, progress is, of course, you know, doing a lot of great things, and they had made an announcement that they're going to be wrestling at a special place that, honestly, NXT has ran. We've seen TNA run this place, and they're going to be running a show on the weekend of September 30th, uh, 2018. And this is the building that, uh, you know, like I said, a lot of the other big places have done. And that is the SSE Wembley uh, Arena. And that is a great place. We've seen NXT London take place there. I mean, Paul, this is cool. Progress has grown. They're doing a lot of big things. And for them to say, hey, we want to be in a place that holds 12,000 plus, Mm -hmm. it's a big deal. This is a huge deal. Uh, not only for the evolution of just the the English wrestling scene, uh, which obviously has become a hotbed and, and just a place that has come roaring back from the brink, if you ask me. Uh, they, Progress has sold out every show they've ever ran. Uh, and, and it's interesting, too, that for one, both them and another promotion that we talk about on here every once in a while in Saint Championship Wrestling have been in talks with WWE to be on their network. And Insane Championship Wrestling has run the SSE Hydro over there uh, in Ireland, which holds about 11,000. And they've nearly sold that place out twice now. And it makes me wonder if maybe WWE has a hand in helping them book these places. Uh, But certainly Progress has been hugely popular. They've made a lot of money and a lot of noise in its short, I think, four or five year existence now. Um, And... For them to run a building this big is a huge, huge step. And I, I honestly, I hope they sell it out. I, and just best things for this show. I cannot wait. I, I, I'm a big fan of Progress. I haven't been super up to date with all their shows just because everything else we have to watch. But this is a huge announcement and something to definitely keep your eye on if you're into that scene at all. Yeah, for sure. And if you're out there and you live in the UK, I mean, get your tickets as soon as they're out. Yes, because <laughs> they sell out uh, quick. <laughs> yeah, this is not going to be something you're going to want to miss. Trust me. You know, you've already got the date, September 30th, 2018. So you basically got a year, a little over a year. So make sure you you put on your calendar or you find out when those tickets go on sale. And I, I think this is amazing. Like you said, Paul, it's a big, big deal. And it's obvious that the UK is hot right now when it comes to wrestling. There's a reason behind it because they've done a lot of positive things. They've got so many great talents there already. And, I I mean, I'm really excited for Progress Wrestling. I think this means bigger, badder things for them. I, I can't believe that we're talking about that because, you know, give me a year ago, two years ago, you, I, I said progress. What the heck is that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's me being a guy that's not really well informed about the indie circuit all the time. Uh, I don't have as much knowledge as, you know, of course you do, Paul, on that. But I, I mean, I've definitely learned a name now and I know a lot about them now. But beforehand, I would not have. And it shows you the growth. It shows you how much that UK scene has grown and how exciting everything is over there right now. So. This is a super big deal, and I'm really happy for Progress Wrestling. So, 
but yeah, that pretty much wraps up our quick hits. Uh, we've had uh, you know quite a few awesome ones to talk about, but you know you'll have to wait until Friday to hear uh, the rest of our quick hits. Of course, that'll be on our part two show. But now it is time for us to go and talk a little Ring of Honor, guys. We'll be right back with that. All right, uh, so I, I think this is the first set of tapings that have taken place at Atlanta. I can't remember if they were there last week or not, honestly. Um, either way, they open with a video package recapping uh, the Kingdom's attack on the Briscoes and Bully Ray, and this brings Bully Ray out to open, a, open up with us for a promo and has talked about, talked about what he originally wanted to do here in Ring of Honor, and that was work with the Briscoes, who he thought was the very best tag team Ring of Honor's ever had. Everything that Ring of Honor always talks about with the Briscoes, Bully Ray basically says here, and announces that at Death Before Dishonor, they will have their revenge as they take on the Kingdom in a six-man tag team match, and uh, it should that match is also for the number one contendership that evening, so if they win that, they will go on to face uh, the new six-man tag team champions, which they show some footage of very quickly, the Hung Bucks, which is Hangman Page and the Young Bucks, defeated Dalton Castle and the boys during the World Awards UK tour over there in Edinburgh, and they they will meet the winners of that match. So lots of, lots of there's a lot of focus on Death Before Dishonor on the show, which I really enjoy, but this is the first little bit. Any thoughts on this at all, Gary? Yeah, I mean, uh, Bully Ray comes out, I mean, and just kind of does his own little thing, and that's fine. I mean, I appreciate the backstory, but it was so short. Mm-hmm. I, I, was, I was thinking to myself, that's it? Uh, but that's fine. I mean, it worked out just fine for, for the fact that, you know, once again, he explains himself a little here. And I, I think that, you know, what we get here, you know, is, you know, something important for the fact that we kind of understand also about all this other stuff going on at, you know, Death for Dishonor. So <laughs> I'm okay with it, you know. And um, But just by the way, I, I, I kind of want a Hung Bucks t-shirt. <laughs> would not be shocked if there's one right now waiting for people over at prowrestlingtees.com i'm sure i'm sure there is <laughs> uh we get a highlight package for the feud between cheeseburger and will ferrara which has some uh clips of a promo from will ferrara spliced in uh about how he sort of believes he should have caught on to cheeseburger's act sooner or later because he's a work or a workhorse and cheeseburger is a charity case and tonight he's going to bring a world of hurt upon Cheeseburger. And then we go out and have the match between the two. I thought this was really funny. You have Will Ferrara jump Cheeseburger from behind as he comes in through the crowd. Although Cheeseburger manages to duck the blow. And it's basically straight off to the races from there. Uh, Will Ferrara ends up making Cheeseburger pass out with a... The best way I can describe it is like an arm choke cross face uh, that he has a name for that I don't know offhand. But... Uh, this was a really fun match. The crowd was super invested. They w- were very upset that Cheeseburger didn't win. And uh, afterwards, you have Cheese or Rhett Titus comes down to the ring because Will Ferrara won't let go of the hold. He pulls him off Cheeseburger, and then they each start taking turns beating up Cheeseburger. So uh, a new tag team seems to be in the work here between Ferrara and Rhett Titus, which I- I'm kind of intrigued by. I'm more intrigued by where Cheeseburger goes from here and if this is actually over. 
Yeah, it makes you wonder if it's over. And, uh, you know, if it is, I, I guess I'm not going to just complain and moan and cry. But I, I've kind of honestly enjoyed Will Ferrara and Cheeseburger's little feud here. I really have. And if it's a tag team feud from here, I'm okay with that, too. I think that he can go and find himself a nice little tag team partner. Or maybe he can go and, you know, pray a little bit. I mean, you do have, you know, Caprice Coleman there. and. He's got a pulpit. He can go pray a little bit uh, for another tag team partner. Uh, you know, we just, you know, it, it, this whole match was, you know, really exciting. I think it had a lot of good moments in it. It, it wasn't, of course, a five-star affair, but it was still a, a fun, entertaining match. And I think they did a good job on really keeping us interested in what Cheeseburger had to offer along with Will Ferrara. I think both guys got a chance to look good here. It was a, an occasion where you had one guy really shining and one guy just kind of was there. No, I think both look good so yeah just in the end you know cheeseburger couldn't cut the mustard you know he it's just didn't work out for him but i'm looking for more stuff paul i want to see that tag team partner i I just you know heck i mean it makes me wish that there was a wrestler named hot dog i mean maybe there's there's one in their dojo that they can name hot dog or something like that i don't know uh, we've seen him tag up with, uh, Mr. Uh, Joey Diesel, Daddy Go, or Daddy Ego, excuse me. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's still going to keep going moving forward, but I mean, Ferrara, Cheeseburger, and, uh, Daddy Go are the three trainers down there for the ROH Dojo. So we'll, 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 I guess we'll just have to wait and see how that shakes out, but I am interested. I, the feud has been fine for being a low tier feud, right? It's, it's very mm-hmm. basic. Uh, but this match I think was more than worth the wait. They did a really good job here. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be a high tier feud. I, I just, I'm just entertained overall by it. So. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Coleman, uh, we cut to Caprice Coleman, who now has his set for Coleman's pulpit, uh, and has some uh, some theme music to go along with it, and all this other stuff. Uh, he puts the segment over, says he's not afraid to ask the hard questions. Blah blah blah. He's still an active wrestler. He ain't afraid of anybody. All this stuff. You can also use a hashtag to, to get your questions on there if you want. Uh, hashtag Coleman's Pulpit, I believe. So, I mean, this really is just there to put the segment over. I don't know if there's a ton to talk about here, but... Yeah, I mean, uh, hey, I'm just glad he got his you know whole set together. Mm-hmm. That makes me happy, and I think it, it actually honestly did look really good. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Uh, so... Uh, nonetheless, you know, I don't know how he did it, you know, who he called or what he had to do to get Sinclair to get him that stuff. But congratulations, <laughs> Coleman. Good job on you, man. Uh, of course, he's apparently friends with the guy upstairs, so that helps, too. That does help. That does help. Uh, we then get a rematch of Jay Lethal and Silas's, Silas Young's uh, match from the World War of the Worlds UK tour, which also took place in Edinburgh. Uh, and they apparently battled it out so far that neither of them could get back to their feet. So at Death Before Dishonor, the two of them will have another match, and this time it will be a last man standing match. And this brings Silas Young out with the Beer City Bruiser, who's all taped up on his knee and walking with a cane since Jay Lethal brutalized him uh, earlier in the, uh, I think it was last week actually, on Ring of Honor. And he Silas Young is facing the jobber here. I believe his name was Cody Brown, although they call him Cauliflower Brown on commentary a lot. Uh, and basically, he squashes this guy. The commentary, however, isn't worried about that because they're more focused on Marty Scroll accepting Chuck Taylor's ta- challenge for a match at Death Before Dishonor. So that will happen as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm happy about the 
you know, that match that they got fixed up in commentary. I uh-huh. mean, that's good. I'm really excited about that. But what we were supposed to be paying attention to in the ring was uh, kind of cool, too. I mean, yes, it was, you know, basically Silas Young squashing somebody, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, fine. You need Silas Young to look strong. And it's it's the really the point was here uh, – Keep you know Jay Lethal out there. Keep Jay Lethal coming after him and all that kind of stuff. And it it worked. I'm I'm not saying it, it was bad, but I, I just uh I don't know that I was overly thrilled with it. If I can say it that way, um, it wasn't bad. Once again, I just I don't know how many times I could see Jay Lethal run in, mm-hmm. you know, and do all that kind of stuff. I it, it gets a little old. I kind of feel like that's this whole this whole feud has been that. <laughs> And I think that's just something I want to get out of the way and just have these guys in their matchup and their feud and all that and move on to new things. So This has been going on for a long time, and as Gary just mentioned, Jay uh, Silas is about to put the beat down on the guy he just beat. Here comes Jay Lethal, uh, attacks him from behind. Security spectacularly fails at keeping them apart uh, until Silas finally runs away from the ring. Jay grabs a microphone and uh, doesn't want to wait for Death Before Dishonor. He wants to fight right now. Celis tells him no. He knows Jay is used to getting everything he wants. He wants to wait for the bright lights of pay-per-view so he can force everybody to watch him, including the higher-ups here at Ring of Honor and at Sinclair, that Jay is not the golden boy and that he should be getting all the opportunities that Lethal gets. Uh, As much as the post-match stuff has kind of become a little bit played out, as you mentioned, I thought the promo work here was really good. Both guys were very impassioned about what they were saying, and I'm I'm excited for their match, honestly. No, I mean, I think the match will be fine. I, I, and that's not the problem, like I said. It really is that stuff leading up to it. It just kind of becomes a, a little bit mundane because we see it so much, right? Um, but, you know, I think the match itself is going to be awesome. I love these two guys. I'm, I'm a big fan of both of them. And I think they'll really do a stand-up job uh, in a last-man-standing match. So, uh, But, you know, uh, the one thing I will say, though, is I think we figured out where the money – went for Caprice Coleman's pulpit because now you know security at Ring of Honor is now just guys getting five dollars to be security. So sorry, you had a cut somewhere. Sorry, security, you know. Uh, I mean maybe his set money originally went to Cody Rhodes, who uh first off, they've done themselves a huge disservice and you have to follow him on social media to sort of get the gist behind this promo. But Cody has made a very physical ring of honor. Uh, it's an actual ring. It's got the ROH logo on it and all this, and it's this huge ring, uh, and he's starting to have people kiss it now. And basically, it's his way of showing up Ring of Honor once again and having people kiss it because he's made this place so big, right? Because he's he's this big name and all that. And that's the content of his promo here, too, as he gets interview, interviewed about his match with Minoru Suzuki at Death Before Dishonor. Cody says he's ready, he's trained up as much as possibly can, he doesn't regret the open challenge, uh, and all this other stuff, and he makes the interviewer kiss his ring at the end. So if you're a little lost, the video's probably on their YouTube page by now, but it's definitely on their Facebook and Twitter, uh, and they really, really should have played that before they did this segment, because you're just totally lost on what the heck is happening here. Yeah, it really is the truth, and I, I was kind of like, what's this ring about? I, I didn't watch the uh, stuff that Cody Rhodes put out before that, so it is what it is. Uh, I always think it's weird to have another man kiss your ring, um, 
but that's okay. You know, sometimes you you you, you do those kind of things to humiliate people, and mm-hmm. I think that's what Cody Rhodes is doing here. Absolutely. Uh, and more news on Cody. Here we go back to War of the Worlds UK, where Dalton K. Uh, wow, Dal- Dalton Castle is hanging out backstage after they've just lost the six man titles. The Bullet Club walk by him and uh, make fun of him and all that since they just beat him. And it's basically a distraction because Cody leaps in and just beats the crap out of Dalton for a good minute and a half, tosses him into a bunch of stuff, throws a big bin on him, and uh, constantly calls him a novelty act, and is maybe the closest I've ever seen anybody be to needing to be in a sane asylum while he's doing this, but uh, this is how they're, I guess, writing Dalton Castle off for now while still keeping the feud... uh, I guess you could say teased, even though it's probably going to be full-blown by the time Dalton is ready to make his comeback from his back injuries. Yeah, and I think this is a good way of doing it if you know you know this guy's going to be out for quite a while. Mm-hmm. And it also brings up more heat for Cody, and that's always a good thing. You want him to be really, really hated, and that's an, you know definitely a big way to do it is by really taking down basically one of the top Ring of Honor baby faces. So exactly. uh, I think, you know, smart move on their part. You had to do it and, uh, you know, good stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they then launch into the hard sell for Death Before Dishonor, which takes place on September 22nd, which which we will preview and review on this show uh, whenever that time comes. And that brings us to the main event, Search and Destroy, the Motor City Machine Guns, Jay White and Jonathan Gresham team up to take on the Bullet Club contingent of the Young Bucks and the Gorillas of Destiny. Uh, the Motor City Machine Guns end up getting the win here with a double cradle Death Valley driver, I guess would be the technical term. Uh, they will be facing the Young Bucks for the tag team titles, of course, at Death Before Dishonor. So the Young Bucks are double booked, and I'm sure they love that because it means all the monies and they get to continue to show why they're the best tag team really on the indies right now. And this is just a really fun match. You have lots of dies. There's a lot of energy. Marty Scroll uh, is doing commentary, by the way, throughout the entire night. I thought he was awesome during this. Uh, just He makes no bones about being in the Bullet Club. He loves these guys. He's too sweeting them. He's laughing maniacally. It's just a wonderful, wonderful time. Yeah, Scroll on commentary is quite funny. And uh, it just... <laughs> He's somebody that I think you know will be perfect later on down his you know career uh, if he ever wants to do this because he was so funny <laughs> and entertaining as being the heel commentator. So love that uh, the match itself was you know a lot of fun too. Uh, I think that they had a, a lot of positives here. I think that you know when you get these big tag matches like this, you know sometimes they can get mundane. Sometimes they can just kind of start to do the same old same. But I, I actually thought this one was fairly well done, and uh, I appreciated you know what they gave us here. Pretty good stuff, and of course you know the the good guys win here. Uh, Search and destroy, you know, get a chance to to look good, even though they just overcome the Bullet Club. Who pretty much gets you know away with most of the things they want to get away with, and they just didn't do it this time. And of course, scroll freaking out was another fun thing <laughs> that I loved at the end of this. So it, it was good stuff overall, if you ask me. It, it wasn't you know it, you know a bang up you know main event, but I think it was still fun. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, maybe a hair better than what was going on with Cheeseburger and Will Ferrara, if you ask me. But. The- Two very good matches on Ring of Honor this week, so go check them out for sure, guys. 
Yeah, I am really excited about seeing what you know Death Before Dishonor has for us, and I think that they're doing a good job of building up to it right now. So. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, well, yeah, there you go. Well, now, guys, we are going to go ahead and, and do our sign-off uh, before we do talk about the Mae Young Classic. Well, once again, it's for you guys and gals that have not checked it out, or maybe you have not completely finished it, and the binge-watching has not really been your thing. You're kind of spreading things out. So we are going to go ahead and do our sign-off so those of you that don't want to be spoiled about the Mae Young Classic will not be. And if you have already watched all those shows and you want to catch us talking a little bit about, you know, the Mae Young Classic before this big finale happens, uh, we're going to go ahead and do that. So let's go ahead and do the sign-off first, guys. Uh, once again, W2Mnet.com, the place where you go find all our great content, all the review shows, every episode of this show, Wrestling to the Max, and, of course, a lot of other great wrestling shows. Wrestling uh, Unwrapped is one of those. Make sure you go check out that show, plus a lot more. We also have video games, uh NFL, uh, you know, soccer, all those things are also taking place over there. Plus, uh, the world of entertainment is pretty darn big over there at W2Mnet.com. So don't forget to go check out that site. It's awesome. Go subscribe, rate, and review at Wrestling to the Max. If you haven't done it already, make sure you go and do that. want to give a big shout-out to FormulaOneMania.com as well as LastWordOnProWrestling.com. We thank them for everything. They are so awesome. Make sure you go check out their site as well. And, of course, you know, uh, make sure you go and send your uh, wishes, prayers, and all that stuff to Sean. You know, he's still trying to work his stuff out down there in Florida, trying to get back home and, you know, get his life back in order because everybody's had to take that honestly uh pause in life while this whole situation has gone down with hurricane irma Mm -hmm. so make sure you go ahead and you know once again you know help those people out if you have the funds and if you don't just please send your wishes prayers and hopes and all that their way uh so yeah now uh i think that's all the plugs right paul uh but let's plug one more thing because you know of course it's what we're about to talk about if you have watched the May Young Classic, or maybe you're still waiting to do so, there is the May Young Classic review shows that Paul, Harry, and Patrick have done. They are super amazing. I, I really enjoy listening to those shows. They give you a lot of insight about these ladies. And the ones that these guys have not known a lot about, they've gained a lot of knowledge, and they're giving you more information. So please, go check those shows out. I have, like I said myself, just been having a blast listening to them. So we want to encourage you to go do so as you follow this May Young Classic. They do a good job of giving you all the information you need. And, of course, these guys will also be doing a show tomorrow night or maybe probably tonight. Actually, let me say tonight because as you're listening to the show, it's Tuesday or, or whenever you're listening to it. Make sure you go hear them talk about the finale. They'll be covering that. And you do not want to miss that. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of great stuff coming out of this well. And uh, so there you go. Making sure you guys go check out the Mae Young Classic where these guys are doing an excellent job. Uh, so in five, four, three, two, and one, we are spoiling it for you guys now. Okay, Paul. So here we sit. It is the May Young Classic finale, and we've seen a lot of stuff in the shows before. I just kind of caught up myself today, and really did a lot of binge watching and really getting excited about this finale, where you have two young ladies and Kyrie Sane, and of course. Um, 
Blazer, I can't say her name right now. Shayna Blazer, Baser, whatever her name is. And I'm excited <laughs> about it. I, it's so late right now. I'm, I could barely speak, I think. Uh, but uh, Shayna Baser. Shayna Baszler, you're right. Baszler, I give up. Uh, (laughs) But anyway, these two young ladies are amazing anyway. Let me just say that. And uh, I heard, you know, we gave you a little bit of a treat at the beginning of the show, people, about, you know, Triple H talking about this. And something that I didn't put in the audio at the beginning of the show was the fact that he kind of talked about both these young ladies in that same interview and really gave you, honestly, a a great opinion about them when it comes to the, you know, unmovable object, you know, and Shayna Baszler, as she kind of basically is the tough one here, and you have Kyrie Sane, the one that really does everything when it comes to being, you know, mobile and being athletic and gives you a lot of that great wrestling background that she has. And this is exciting, Paul. And I just got to know, before we talk about these two young ladies overall, I know you've already talked about it with Patrick and Harry, but I want some of our listeners maybe listening now to kind of hear some of your opinions about just leading up to this finale, what have you thought about this tournament? Um, I, I've personally enjoyed it. I think there's been there's a lot of great matches to be had. There's nothing like match of the year candidate worthy that's taken place so far, uh, but that's not to take away from the effort a lot of these ladies have put in uh, Kyrie Sane, I mean, what more can you say about her, right? She's main evented every episode she's been on. I don't think I've rated a match she's had below three and a half. Uh, she's just a phenomenal mat, a phenomenal, phenomenal wrestler. If you haven't seen her before, this is a great introduction to her. If you ask me, you've gotten, you've gotten to see everything that people love about her. Uh, and Shayna Baszler, I, First, I'll give you my thoughts on her, and I have a question to you, uh, Gary, mm-hmm. about all that. Uh, wonderful, I think, for how little she's been in the business. I think she's only been wrestling now for two or three years. Obviously, she has a huge wealth of MMA experience doing that for 16 years before coming to wrestling. And they've booked her very, very well. I think they've booked to her strengths. Her matches have been short. She looks insanely powerful. Uh, very, very dominant. That chokehold is deadly. Uh, and basically, she doesn't care what people think about her. She's here to win fights. Uh, and they've presented that very well. It took them a while, but they did finally did present that very well. And there's a lot of other great stuff I could talk about, too. But um, for me, Shayna uh, has sort of been almost a bait piece, if you ask me, because they've used her uh, appearance here to really, as we've talked about, uh, at least in, in quick hits on our shows before, the idea of building up a four horsewomen versus four horsewomen match for Survivor Series or maybe WrestleMania. It still hasn't been confirmed yet, although it looks like it, it's set for Survivor Series. Shayna, to me, feels like they are just using her to try to get to Ronda, to keep her signed, to keep her around, and all that. And as great as I, I think Shayna is, and certainly could be worth uh, signing for WWE. I don't know if that's really the ultimate goal for them at the end of the day. They want Ronda Rousey. Does it feel like that to you as well? I think so. But they keep talking about Ronda Rousey the entire tournament. Mm-hmm. Her name is dropped on a regular basis. They, they of course, show her in the crowd. They, of course, you know, we all later on see that segment between the four horsewomen uh, of both wrestling and MMA. And they make those points so often that I really feel like that's their next goal. And 
I, I think Shayna Baszler is doing a wonderful job for what you know she's been afforded with you know, the lack of experience and for the fact that you know she is a big name. I think they're doing an excellent job on that side of the fence. But I'm right there with you. I think Ronda Rousey's the bigger name. I think they're doing their best to woo her, mm-hmm. and they're saying, "Look what we're doing with your friend. We can do the same with you, and a lot more." Right. So uh, I think that's the big thing here. But I'll be honest with you. If I'm WWE, I've got to be very, very careful because, you know, it's a situation where she's great. She does a lot of things, but, you know, she's got a lot of notoriety behind her. Mm-hmm. Shayna Baszler, not so much, right? Shayna Baszler has been, you know, successful, but not to a level of mainstream fandom. Right. And I think that Ronda Rousey, I, I'll just say it this way. WWE is like that guy that's been insecure but wants to ask her out, <laughs> and uh, he's really going to thinking about it, and he thinks he's about to get him a wife because he asked her out, and she says, "I'll go, you know, I'll go to the movies with you," and he's all stoked, ready buying a wedding ring, and then she's like, "Yeah, not so much anymore." That's what I think WWE needs to be worried about, right? Mm-hmm. Don't invest too much in Ronda Rousey because I don't know if Ronda Rousey is going to invest too much in you. Shayna Baszler, on the other hand, why don't you use her and see what she's interested in? If she loves wrestling, go with the one that you know loves wrestling. I think Ronda Rousey likes wrestling. I don't know if she loves it. We know she's been a big fan for a long time. I think that I think she's done with MMA. Honestly, she's she hasn't looked great in her last fights. She looks like she's been done. And if this is something that maybe she's always wanted to do, or you know, she just loves it enough to want to give it a try. Uh, one, WWE will train her up in a heartbeat. They have a great talent. Uh, they have a great staff down there ready to, I think, jump on this opportunity. And, I I mean, Ronda Rousey, they look at her and see dollar signs. Uh, as I said on our May Young Classic stuff, that's ultimately what they're after. Uh, there's been huge amounts of rumors going around that they want Ronda Rousey for WrestleMania next year. They want her to go one-on-one with somebody. Charlotte has been thrown around a lot. Uh so this is a really interesting situation. I just, I kind of feel bad for Shayna, right? It's uh, to use your euphemism. It's like your best, you know, you're out there, you have this girl you really like, but she doesn't really think all that much of you yet, but her best friend does. So you date her trying to get closer to the one you want to be with. That's what mm-hmm. it feels like to me. Oh yeah. I'm right there with you too. Yeah, I agree. That's, that's completely what this is. And, I think that, you know, Shayna, you know, has to be, you know, kind of concerned about that, too. I think that mm-hmm. she's not an idiot. I think she she sees that, but I think she's also taking advantage of it. Exactly. Right? She's yeah. like, hey, at least you're paying attention to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, it, this is also a tremendous opportunity for a lot of these women to get their name out there, even if they aren't signed to NXT and the WWE. Oh, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I'm right there with you on that, too. And so, I mean, I think that at least they are giving Shayna Baszler. Man, it's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's we did the show so late because we were had a lot of things going on tonight. And, of right. course, football led. Football was until like 1230 at night over here in the central mm-hmm. time zone. Uh, but anyway, um, so my point being, though, is I think that you're right. I think there's a lot of stuff that's going down with this whole four horsemen, women, all that. And, and of course, you know, making sure that. Baszler and Ronda Rousey are happy so they can woo her 
into coming and staying around with this company. Okay. I, I got to ask you, though, I mean, besides that, I mean, you just mentioned it. You know, lots of these names that were here in this whole tournament will be maybe signed with WB. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll go to other promotions and make some big money probably for themselves. Do you see anything going down with some of these ladies that you kind of find interesting? Maybe someone that you're kind of saying WB has to sign this person? Uh, I asked this question on our Mae Young Classic coverage as well. I was going to ask you the same thing. Uh, mostly, I think, who who you've mostly been taken with, who, who's really grabbed your attention, Gary. Um, for me, uh, first of all, there were a lot of rumors when the Mae Young Classic finished taping earlier this year that they didn't really hand out a lot of contracts, which is fine, right? They supposedly have this wealth of depth at the women's division, and I think this tournament sort of shows that because I think... Uh, more than half, for sure, are signed to deals already. Uh, and sure, a lot of them went out in the first round, but the ones that they care about, like uh, Bianca Belair, who had her coming out party against Kyrie Sane, or Lacey Evans, who I thought looked really good during this tournament too, and uh, Rhea Ripley, all all looked good. They're all signed, all that good stuff, right? For me, if WWE didn't have a contract waiting for Santana Garrett after her match with Viper in the first round, I don't know what they're watching. I, Santana Garrett has everything. She has the look. Uh, she has the skill. She's very, very talented. I, we got to see her in TNA portray a crazy person uh, for for a while, which I thought she did very well with. And I, I, you, you need to sign her. She needs to be on your roster today. Uh, it, it seems like Santana Garrett's like the Colin Kaepernick of wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, she's got all the talent in the world, but it just doesn't seem like anyone wants to stay committed to her. Mm-hmm. And I don't get that. I look at every time I've seen Santana Garrett, you're just thinking, my God, so much talent has so much to offer. What's up? I mean, does she fart in the locker room and people just are not? I don't know. Yeah. It's just weird to me, man. I just don't get it. I, I think you're right. She, this has to be the opportunity and the time for them to, okay, yes, let's go ahead and take that chance. Let's 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 get you in NXT. You've already made some appearances there. Mm-hmm. You, you did a good job. Let's just keep her around. So I'm right there with you. I, I think that's a big name. Um, well, you just mentioned Viper. Mercedes, what's up with that? I think they should give her a chance. I think they should say, look, I mean, you've done some things, and, and you know, you've really kind of, taking the time out there to really work yourself in the indies and do all these great things. I think it's a great heel. Mm-hmm. I think it's someone it's, it's lots of diversity to bring in and it's maybe an easy pick, but it's someone that I think deserves the opportunity. Maybe it's the, maybe it's the hard strings pulling for me on that because I think that once again, someone who's done a lot for a long time, mm-hmm. let's get her in here before she does have to retire, yeah. you know? I, I I mean Mercedes she ages not on her side at least as far as the WWE is probably looking at it. she's uh, past her mid, I think she's thirty seven now um, and I you know she's had some injuries um, she, she's also a mom uh, so there there's a lot going on there that I don't know um, maybe if WWE wants to jump on that I think Viper is another one as you just mentioned they should really sign. Uh, she was phenomenal throughout the entire tournament. Same with Jazzy Gabbert, who got over so huge based on her first appearance in that match with Abby Lath in the first round. Uh, I still need to watch the preview for the finals that they aired today, but they aired a six-woman tag that they filmed as well, and Jazzy apparently got a huge response. So 
I kind of hope they sign her too, even though age is also not on her side as far as WWE is looking at it. Uh, definitely. And, and you know, th- there's so many different names here. I mean, so many of them deserve an opportunity, but yet there's only so many spots. And I think that uh, we're going to be surprised at some of those that don't get signed. Right. And uh, I mean, you got Lathe who that, you know, is another one who, you know, had made some noise here, right? Mm-hmm. And someone who I think that really could definitely do some things. Storm is another one, and I mean, you just you sit here and you can just go down the list, but yet not all of those will get signed. And I think you'll have places like Global Force Wrestling. You'll definitely have you know uh, a few promotions out there in the indie circuit. He'll be saying, "Hey, you know, we liked what you did in WWE. Come over here. We really like what you're about." And I think that's going to mean something. What do you think about Deeb? Do you think she's going to be Getting that chance to come back. Serena is a really interesting story to me, too. I thought she was great in this tournament. She had been retired for a little while. They brought her back for the tournament. I I would like to see her in NXT as sort of the vet and holding down the locker room, right? The in-ring veteran who is sort of helping some of these girls go through their paces, learn their steps, all that stuff. I think she would be phenomenal at that, even though there's already... Uh, I mean, Sarah Del Rey and Sarah Stock are both the, the two main female trainers down there in NXT now. Uh, who You get to see Sarah during the, the semifinal stuff. She's in the ring with presenting the winners of the semifinals along with Triple H and Stephanie and all that. And uh, But I think Serena would fit in very well in that role. If they want her on the main roster again, that'd be great. I just I don't see that happening. I think her being the vet in the NXT locker room for the women is a great idea, though. Mm-hmm. I'm right there with you. I think so too. And um, you know, and let's see. Also, at the end of this tournament, if uh, or excuse me, at the end of this whole thing, if uh, Jardy Gargano is a lot happier too. Mm-hmm. You know, let's see if uh, his you know, uh, his wife, right? I, I can't remember yes. if they're married or not. Yeah, they are married. Candice LeRae. Yeah, who? Candice LeRae. Okay. But wow. I mean, you want to talk about somebody who got maybe the second loudest pops behind Kyrie Sane? Uh, Candice is world renowned as well phenomenal talent she's still got you know she, i mean she's in her late 20s i think she's about the same age i am uh wonderful talent i i love candace i hope they sign her as well she's just terrific yeah so i'm agreeing with you on that for sure and, and a lot of these other things i mean there's so much here and you know so much talent that it's sad to say but only so many can be signed so right. we'll find out who those few chosen are uh, I'm sure down the line here. Uh, well, you know, to kind of uh, maybe put a little button on this whole thing, uh, we've got the finale tomorrow, and I know you probably you know went ahead and uh, let everybody know on the May Young Classic show that you did with you know those guys over there, Harry and Patrick. But uh, go ahead, and let everybody here know uh, who you are picking for that finale. I I pick Kyrie Sane to win it. Uh, I think Shayna, as as great as she is, uh, you. She doesn't need the win, right? She's she's already, I think she's established. You know she's going to be in the Four Horsewomen stuff. She doesn't need the tournament victory, I think, to really establish herself. Kyrie could use the momentum, in my opinion. I think they want her to make a lot of noise. She looks like the heir apparent to Asuka already, as far as NXT is concerned and where they want to put her. I think winning this, putting her immediately in the conversation for the NXT Women's Championship, which is vacant... Uh, is very important, and you know Kyrie's going to be around for a while. You have her signed, so let's let's make her the star of this. Let's make a big deal, and let's see how far she can take you. 
Yeah, that, I think you could be onto something here. You know, I was thinking the same thing for the most part because, you know, like you mentioned, Shayna Baszler has a lot of other things going on. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing else that's, um, you know, probably bigger than that, honestly. It would be great for her to win the tournament, but right now some of this other stuff is going to actually land her in some bigger areas, especially we're talking about, like, you know, the main event or – you know, uh, not main event, but the main roster, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. The main roster on one of these big pay-per-views, you know, Survivor Series, things like that. So that's a bigger deal right now. Kyrie Singh getting the tournament win is a big deal for her. Uh, and I'm really curious. You said, you know, maybe moving into Asuka's spot. What do you think about the language barrier here? Do you think that they're going to have her try to do kind of what we saw Asuka do and kind of grasp a little language, maybe kind of help her along? I think that's part of you know the reason why she's in nxt right is so she can learn english um i she has so much i think that wwe already looks for because stardom sort of works that way right they're very much on public appearances they they make a whole ton of merchandise for you they want you to have very big characters uh and she knows how to do all that right and i think you can see it from the second she comes out through the curtain right she has the pirate thing going for her she uh, knows how to handle a crowd very, very well. All the stuff that they look for is there. Uh, just because she can't English, I don't think, well, she can't English. Wow, she can't speak English. <laughs> I can't English. Uh, <laughs> I'm right there with you, buddy. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think that's going to hold her back at all, right? She's going to spend her time there. They need another big star for that division, I think, in Triple H's mind. I think Kyrie Sane is the woman for the job in, her, in his mind. And I, I, I agree with him entirely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think so too. And we'll, uh, you know, definitely check out that May Young Classic finale. I'm really excited to see how it all goes down. I really, really am. And it's going to be so much fun to kind of see how all this thing, uh, how the whole entire thing shakes out for these ladies. I think they started something nice, you know, for that division and really kind of giving us an opportunity to learn so much about, you know, women's wrestling globally. Mm-hmm. They've really done a good job of it. And so overall, I'm very happy about that. I think also, you know, Brian Kendrick, you know, is going to be having some conversations with Kyrie saying, saying, hey, uh, pirate thing, gimmick infringement? Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. So. <laughs> Wasn't that Birchall? <laughs> Birchall? Yeah, Paul Birchall was the pirate, not, not Kendrick. Well, Kendrick's got that whole like Captain Hook thing going on. Oh, you're talking about that. Okay, I thought you were talking about like yeah. actual gimmick. <laughs> I no, I mean, yeah, you're right about Virgil, but no, I, I just always look at him as Captain Hook now. So <laughs> I keep thinking pirate with him. But yeah, I think it'd be hilarious to have that little segment with those two, you know, looking at each other. Um, <laughs> but anyway, enough about my goofiness. I, I mean, once again, uh, go check out the May Young Classic with Paul, Harry, and Patrick. These guys, once again, are going to have a lot of fun giving you guys the fallout of what does take place in that finale. I'm really looking forward to that show, and I hope you guys go check it out. And don't forget to come check us out once again next Friday. You're going to get a chance to hear us talk about a lot of the big news coming out of the course of May Young Classic and a lot of the quick hits that you will be looking forward to hearing, as well as we'll be jumping into Lucha Underground along with Impact Wrestling. That's right. So tons of stuff to get into next Friday. I really cannot wait. It can't get here soon enough. But until then, guys, for myself and for Paul, we'll catch you guys down the road. Have a good one, guys. 
The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.